Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, Bishop Donald DeGroot will be back in the studio after almost a year away from wow. Catholic Views. Uh, he's coming. He's joining us to talk about his thoughts about Nazareth, which he has talked about a few times, and a little bit about Christmas and Advent. And he'll give us a wonderful Advent slash Christmas blessing at the end. So make sure you hang out to the end to get that from the bishop. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald, Biblical Bites with Dr. B. That was a long timeout that you put the bishop in. Catholic uh, Views timeouts. I didn't know they could be a year long for the bishop. Wow. <laughs> He's hard to wrangle sometimes. It's like, <laughs> Bishop, hello. <laughs> it's like that cartoon. He kind of came in and papers just kind of flew around. Yeah, that's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> and now what do you want? Did you just compare the bishop to the Tasmanian devil? Ooh, a little bit. Yes, that's, that's actually a pretty, pretty accurate yes. comparison, wow. isn't it? <laughs> Our communications department, ladies and gentlemen. I do call him the Bishop Tornado, so a Tasmanian devil is pretty close. There we go. So, Bill, what's today? It's the fourth Sunday of Advent. Wow. Nicely Ooh. done. And we actually get, so we get a longer Advent mm-hmm. this year, obviously, mm-hmm. because Christmas Day isn't until On a Saturday. Saturday. Um, but that means we have a shorter Christmas season, so I'm kind of oh you know, yeah, kind of sad about that. I, I've been really late getting my Christmas decorations up, so mm. then they're going to be up even less. I can't do that when you live on a, one of the quote unquote lanes in Sioux Falls, oh. where like, it's <laughs> like peer pressure. Like when you have Humvee stretch limos driving down, there's sort of like expectation that you're going to have your decorations up. Are people. there very many um, nativity scenes in your neighborhood? So we so Church Avenue the, yeah. becomes Church Lane. Uh, some. So, oh, okay. yeah. Why do you ask? I noticed on our street, um, there's quite a few houses that have lights and stuff, but mm. I believe we're the only one that has an activity. So okay. okay. I kind of look, you know, it's like, what do you have? Ooh, what do you yeah. have? The inflatables drive me insane. <laughs> well, after the, <laughs> uh, the windstorm we had this week, <laughs> most of them are, <laughs> the Lord took care of that for you. Probably, right? <laughs> so speed of the Lord, <laughs> uh, two things I want to focus on. Um, the collect for mass this week, I give it kind of a quickish read the opening prayer. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, and may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the union of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Does that sound familiar to you at all, Renee? Well, that one's been read the last few Sundays, hasn't it? No. Or I know I've heard that. That is the prayer which um, comes near the end of the Angelus. So the Angelus is that oh, devotional prayer sure. about the angel of the Lord declaring to Mary. So about annunciation and traditionally Catholics have prayed that many religious communities, but also many lay people will pray at um, like 6 a.m., noon, 6 p.m. Or I had or... never heard that prayer till I came here to work. Yeah. So the Angelus, again, <laughs> it's a traditional prayer. A lot of like a lot of traditions kind of people forgotten about them mm-hmm. for a little bit, but uh, it's kind of on the return. But the, the fourth Sunday of Advent's opening prayer or collect is that prayer from right. the Angelus. And I always, I don't know, something about that always. Oh, I know that prayer. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, so that's one thing, just a little bit of liturgy trivia. Um, mm-hmm. But the first reading is a reading from the book of the prophet Micah. And this might sound familiar to you from somewhere else in the Bible. So it starts this way. Thus, this is Micah chapter five, verses one through four. Thus says the Lord, you too, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth to me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from of ancient times. And, and it goes on from there. I don't want to read, take time to read the whole thing right now. But does that sound at all familiar to you? It doesn't. Bill? No. What? What? No. 
<laughs> so this is quote it, it this um this is spoken later by the scribes in Jerusalem when the Magi come. Okay. And they say, we've seen, we've come to uh, give homage to the newborn king of the Jews for seeing a star rising. Herod freaks out and calls together the theologians, basically like, where's the newborn king going to be born? Uh, according to the prophet, this is Matthew 2, and, and the scribes quote Micah, you too, the, you Bethlehem Ephrathah, too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth to me one who is to be ruler in Israel. So... Micah was writing over 700 years before the coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's talking, who else is born in Bethlehem? We've talked David. About David. So David uh, was, so this is after the time of David. Um, you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Ephrathah is the district where um, where Bethlehem, in, in Judea, where, where Bethlehem was found. Kind of like a county. Yeah, kind of like okay. a county. Right, right, right. And, but, but, but Ephrathah and Bethlehem within it were always sort of like, kind of the small, not Nazareth backwater, but just like small and insignificant. Okay. But that's where David came from. Mm -hmm. So Micah, centuries after David, many centuries before Jesus, is saying, basically, again, from you shall come forth one who's to be ruler in Israel. Uh, and one other thing I just want to mention before we wrap up, whose origin is from old, from ancient times. So this ruler... Mm has origins from old of ancient times. So Micah- Really ancient. <laughs> is is pretty un, probably unintentionally prophesying there's going to be something more to this new David, this new king who is going to come again from Bethlehem mm -hmm. than people realized. Right. So this prophecy was fulfilled, of course, in the birth of Jesus Christ some 700 years later. Thanks, Dr. B. Uh, and we have our Christmas special coming up, so don't miss that on YouTube. Here we go. In the studio with me today, finally, after almost a year, finally, <laughs> we have Bishop Donald DeGrude with us. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, we haven't, the last time we had you in, we had you here for your one year anniversary of being a bishop. Now it's been almost two years. Wow. So you yes, may be to a toddler bishop by now-ish. Depends who you ask. You take a couple steps forward and then maybe one or two back. So yeah. it's it's a little back and forth. Yeah, it's probably toddler then. <laughs> Just wait till you get to the uh, nasty nose or whatever stage of life that oh, is. Oh, my. Huh? The terrible twos. That's the terrible what it's twos. Um, oh, I don't know if I want to see that. Ah. <laughs> All right. So we are going to talk a little bit about Nazareth. Yeah. About the diocesan vision, how those two are related. We'll talk maybe a little bit about Christmas. We'll see what we have time for. Great. Um, so <clears throat> if, uh, if you didn't come to the Through God's Love event, or if you haven't even listen to the bishop very much. If you listen to him even a little bit, you'll hear once in a while this idea of Nazareth mm. pop up. And um, we heard it a lot at the Through God's Love event when you were giving your keynote. And I kind of wanted you to talk about that a little bit. Um, why does this keep rising up in your heart? And and what are in your thoughts when you're talking about Nazareth? So Yeah, great question. Nazareth, go. Nazareth. <laughs> so this started actually on my ride down. Mm -hmm on uh, December 11th, 2019. Mm -hmm. So that was the night before it was announced here uh, in the diocese that I would be the next bishop. Right. And as I was driving down, I had this beautiful spiritual experience as I was driving through the countryside down 35 and then 90 mm -hmm. from uh, Faribault, where I grew up. 
and uh, just seeing the the farm sites and you know the wind blowing across, the moon was shining beautifully. It was really a grace-filled time, and I had this very clear spiritual sense. The Lord was calling me back to Nazareth. Mm-hmm. So what did that mean? Yeah. What that meant, and I didn't know, right? I mean, I was <laughs> I hadn't like, ventured into <laughs> it yet. Uh, what I discovered is that the wholesomeness that I find in our diocese in so many places in so many ways uh, is very similar to what the experience in Nazareth would be, of course, okay. with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also correlates to my experience of growing up on the farm, out in the country, uh, seeing the moon at night, you know, all that kind of stuff. There were many um, experiences, I thank God for, of just good wholesomeness right? and very faith-based uh, family I was blessed to grow up in. So for me, that return to Nazareth, that sense of Nazareth is that we are all called to this beautiful place in our lives. Wherever we live, we can mm-hmm. live in Nazareth. But it's really that interior place where there's friendship with with Jesus, okay. Mary and Joseph. Okay. And how providentially that uh, then what would happen? I'd come here, come to the diocese. The diocese patron saint is Saint Joseph. Mm-hmm. Then the Pope announces the year of Saint Joseph. <laughs> right. So all these things, as I see looking back. Uh, And even when I prayed about a prayer card, what image I want, there was one that became very, very clear to me. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice in the the little card that beautiful depiction of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph together in Nazareth. And here Joseph's a young man, right? right? A young young, uh, boy. So looking Jesus like young, is a young boy. Yes. Excuse me, yes. Jesus is the young boy. Yeah, Joseph's not such a young boy. Uh, but here's Jesus and Joseph working in the shop, and, mm-hmm. and Mary is right there, of course. But there's some parts of it that just really struck me. Uh, certainly uh, our patron saint in our diocese, St. Joseph, and being the labor. Mm-hmm. And think of so many of the, the uh, hard, hard workers here in right. South Dakota in our diocese. I think of the windows in St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, cathedral. They have the women laborers and the men laborers, right, right? right? There's all these beautiful connections as I look back. Um, again, all of this was it would evolve, right. would become right. clear. This but has come over the last almost two years. Almost two yeah. years. But it's in this image where you see Joseph, or Jesus having just crafted his own little cross. Mm-hmm. And the gaze of Joseph and Mary, like Mary's get that, I get that sense of Mary pondering within her heart. Right. And perhaps the wonderment of Joseph. So it's that laboring place, but it's that place of Nazareth, uh, that home for growing in age and grace and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I sensed the Lord was calling me into that. I mean, this whole bishop thing is a brand new thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm young. I have much to learn. I'm going to you know, be building my little things, right? Meaning right. I'm going to be trying different things like uh, this image of Jesus. But there was also another really striking part, and that is in the window. And there's this beautiful vase uh, of <clears throat> looks like lilies, okay, and they're white, and that reflects purity, mm-hmm. so the holiness. And so spiritually, what was coming to me is what we need in the world today is we need to preserve places of Nazareth, meaning our our homes, our families, uh, could be our school communities, mm-hmm. our friendship groups. We need to protect ourselves because the things from the outside coming in are often the things that want to lead us astray. Right. And there's many, many things in today's world that want to lead us astray and to steal away that wholesomeness, that purity, that simplicity of life, that work ethic. Mm-hmm. That's that's what was kind of stirring as I look back, yeah. what the Lord's done with me through this image. Yeah, and you really, 
kind of talked about that a lot when you were doing your keynote. Um, now I'm, cause I was, I was in the back and doing some other things. So I couldn't listen to the full thing, but now I, I see exactly what you were saying was like you said, the world's kind of coming at us with all these things. But if we remember Nazareth and try to bring that home to our own families, we can insulate ourselves to a degree. Not that we want to separate ourselves from the world, Absolutely. but, but still be, um, God's people instead of the world's people. Yeah, and I think we have a really a practical example that God's own providence uh, has allowed, and that is with all the isolation that came with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, really is is and was and may continue to be for a period of time, a place for us to, um, to reimagine, to re-envision what family life can look like. Mm-hmm. So are we playing board games together? Right. Are we having meals together? Are we taking on too many things? Are we running around too much? Right. So what steals away? It, it can be good things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's all bad stuff. That, But we can be so busy with so many things that we don't really focus on what's most important. Right. And really listening deeply within our heart. What is God calling me to do? How is he inviting me to live that out today? How right. can we grow as a family in holiness? Can, do we pray together? Mm-hmm. So there's beautiful things, whether it's you know in the Advent and Christmas season, any season of the year, to really open up opportunities to say, okay, what do you think would happen in Nazareth? Mm-hmm. And, and what what might we envision within our house? Right. What, what do we have for things, pictures in our walls and all those yeah. kinds of things? There's many, many wonderful ways to envision yep. with great creativity and very much applied to everybody's circumstances. What does Nazareth look like? Well, going, reflecting on Nazareth and what we think it might have been like and asking the Lord to enlighten us, what Nazareth can look like today. Right which means simplifying our lives, staying focused on what really matters, and uh, creating environments and places where we can have good, wholesome family life, extended family life, and just the basics of life, meals yeah. together, conversations. Yeah, that's really, really clearly said. Um, I feel like if we think about what would Nazareth have been like, they probably weren't running around to 16 different sports practices. No, and- <laughs> not likely. And having uh, some sort of athletic competition on Sunday morning and whatever else it was, which are all, you know, of course you can say, yes, today is different. But again, we have to protect ourselves and our families from the things that try to steal us away from God. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember there's good things that can steal us away from God. There's bad things, of course, that can steal us away from God. But they still steal us away from God. They still steal us away from God. So Advent is a time of this patient waiting, Mm -hmm. this listening, the the anticipation of the coming of Christ. And so how are we going to receive Christ today and each day? How do we be attentive to the grace God wants to give me so I don't pass by those opportunities for an act of charity, an act of patience? You know, because, well, we want to get to work or we, we got to get off to this next thing. Well, it might be our pace of life. It might be what we've all taken on. And maybe there's a call to greater simplicity. Mm-hmm. And in that enables the more recollected spirit. Right. And that's where the deeper listening of God, like my road de- trip down, yeah. was that place of listening and pondering and wondering. And then all of a sudden, ah, Nazareth, that's where yeah. I'm going. Which is probably a great blessing for you because you could have had oh. a lot of anxiety and maybe you did anyway. <laughs> well, there was certainly anxiety of all the unknown. But what was beautiful about it was it was such a spiritual insight given to mm-hmm. me at the time. And what's been so astounding, people will often ask, well, what's the most surprising thing to you? Right. And 
uh, my response is often the wholesomeness that I still find in the good people of God oh, that's great. in our diocese. Yeah, There's so much goodness, wholesomeness, friendliness, goodwill, people mm-hmm. wanting to do the right things, morals, values. There's some really good core things. Yeah. And it's like, this is what I remember, mm-hmm. you know, when I was growing up, this is what I envisioned to be in Nazareth. Right. And Nazareth isn't gone. It's to be reestablished and lived each day. Mm -hmm. But like you say, we have to protect it. We have to preserve it because there's intrusion from the outside. And sometimes desires from the inside (laughs) that we want to be distracted. We want to run off and do things. And maybe what we need is just to be centered. Yeah. Very, very true. So is there a way that this idea of bringing Nazareth to our lives, to our families, does that connect to the diocesan vision? Yeah, so with the diocesan vision, that grace came to me only a few months in after I was right. here. So that lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's uh, love. So lifelong, all of our lives, mm-hmm. we're in formation. So we should have that pondering disposition. I think of Mary. Uh, she pondered these things in her heart. Mm-hmm. Scripture is very clear about that. So creating that space for that deep pondering, time yeah. of prayer, reflection. So lifelong, learning and listening, pondering, praying, uh, Catholic meaning uh, following what God has revealed. Right. So what does that Nazareth look like for us today? We've mm-hmm. revealed it in scripture and tradition. Right. Right. So we we, we have the clarity of what it is, yeah. uh, generally speaking, and now we need to apply it to ourselves. Missionary meaning to go out, mm-hmm. right? Jesus prepared himself in Nazareth, but then he went out yeah. when the right time came. And how is the Lord inviting us to go out, to be attentive to the poor, those who... Um, you know, in great need, whoever they may be, mm-hmm. what's the Lord asking of us today? Right. And sharing our faith, right? Sharing the good news. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of negative news in the world today. Mm-hmm. What I believe the world needs is contemplatives in right. even active lives. So very contemplatives, which we have with some of our wonderful religious communities mm-hmm. and others, but also laity who are praying and then they go out and share the good mm-hmm. news. It, the joy radiates. Yep. The goodness of Nazareth is a lived experience. Yeah, yeah. So it's that lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship following the Lord through God's love mm-hmm. by receiving God's love like Mary did, right. like Joseph did, just following God's plan for their life and even Jesus, which led them to the cross. Right. And if parents can kind of, I mean, you can't recreate Nazareth, but you can recreate that idea and continue to strive towards that. You're going to give your children that, that, all the better chance of being those good missionary disciples that we need so yeah. desperately. I think if we think of it this way, it's 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 praying and discerning, Lord, what does Nazareth look like today mm-hmm. that you want for us? Right. So it could look be, different for every family. Absolutely. Yeah. But it could be, what images do you want in our house mm-hmm. that reflect Nazareth? Mm-hmm. What are the things you want us to keep out? Yeah. What are the things you want us to bring in in our life? Meal mm-hmm. prayers or family prayers or time of recreation, board games, mm-hmm. not video games or whatever, right. right? Right. So it's really envisioning what that looks like today. That doesn't mean that electronics can't be used. Right. There's wonderful things that can be used, but they also can be extremely impactful. And really, uh, it's easy yeah. to develop attachment to those things yeah, or for sure. addictions to those things. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So are there any specific devotions or anything that you do during Advent or Christmas? I don't want to bleed into Christmas a little bit because we're almost there. Yeah, it's so. a great question. You know, I find each year it varies for me. Okay. So some years uh, it's more a matter of what's the Lord inviting me to right now. Mm-hmm. And often it's just a deeper invitation is something that he might've been working on for many time, years of my life. Okay. Right? So like a deeper level of surrender, mm-hmm. a deeper level of trust. 
So it can be like, for example, there's a beautiful surrender novena. Mm-hmm. And so I've sensed that that's what the Lord wants me to be praying right now. Okay. Uh, a while back, I sensed that the Lord wants me to be praying specifically for all of our clergy and seminarians, mm-hmm. in addition to praying for all the laity like I do at Mass or right. other times. So I got one of these little cards that has each day there's a priest or a seminarian that's listed. And oh, wow. so I try to watch those and, okay, today I'm praying for these particular people by name. Mm-hmm. So there's practical things like that that different times the Lord brings into my life. So right. I think there should be a certain creativity, a certain openness. Uh, and there's wonderful websites that provide all kinds of resources yes. for senior citizens yep. and for uh, young adults, for mm-hmm. families, even with young children that could help envision what that particular yeah. practice could look like yeah. for the Christmas season, for Lent, mm-hmm. for Easter, mm-hmm. and being creative and being intentional about uh, finding those resources. Yeah, for sure. The Surrender Novena you mentioned, we actually did post that on our social media. It may have been a month or two ago, but if you go to our social media pages, I'm sure if you scroll back a little ways, you'll find it. Great. You can also Google it. Uh, yes. If you probably probably just put in Surrender Novena, and you might have to add Catholic. I don't know if you really have to. There aren't many things that are novenas that are outside of the Catholic world. Well, so. <laughs> very interesting point. Uh, okay. So... Um, are there ways we can approach Christmas to incorporate the vision, do you think? Yeah. I think, again, going back to Advent, which mm-hmm. is really the preparation for Christmas, and we're getting so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this final stretch, to really be intentional about what am I busy about? Right. Yes. And to say, okay, what am I going to do prepare for Christmas? Not just, okay, I got to clean the house and bake the cookies or whatever. Right, buy presents. <laughs> Uh, but it's also spiritually, how can I prepare for this? So really, I think one of the primary things is to to learn to listen with the heart. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing often right, for us. Right. To, how do I do this? Just to quiet yourself is very difficult quiet sometimes. Because we can be distracted with many things. Mm-hmm. And the more we have going, the more our mind can be active mm-hmm. and it can be hard to calm it down. So just finding ways to say, okay, let's put that aside. Now I need to do something that's going to refresh me in the Lord and uh, being intentional about that. So I think it's, it's, it's building in that silence and that attentiveness, like Mary pondering these things in our heart. Yeah. That's the image I would leave. Yep. Mary pondering these things in her heart. Something's going on here. Mm-hmm. She's anticipating that birth of her son. She doesn't yet know the full right. scheme of how that's all going to play out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But she's staying in the grace of the moment. Yes. I think another thing we need to remember as Catholics, once we get to Christmas, is to be joyful. Yes. Don't, if you feel weighed down, go to the church, go to your church, whatever, spend a little time with Jesus and find the joy and then let it out for heaven's sake. (laughs) Yes. Well, and the beautiful thing about joy is it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when the Holy Spirit, so if we're struggling with something, we're discouraged by something, Mm -hmm. we're frustrated with something. Is to be able to take that to the Lord and say, Lord, I give it to you. Right. And I just desire to be filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and to know your love or whatever it is. Give me hope, right? I'm just struggling with whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So when we receive that and we surrender, then the joy comes naturally. And it's a spiritual joy. It's not like, hey, I made an accomplishment and I have a certain delight. It leaks out of you at that point then too. People see it. (laughs) They see it if it's an authentic joy, like, wow, there's a peace and a settledness and a delight, spiritual Mm -hmm. delight. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy. It's not like we can just grab for it and say, I'm going to choose joy. We can choose to make right choices, 
But the joy is a fruit, spiritual fruit that will come when we're living in the Holy Spirit. Right. Which, as I shared earlier, sometimes for me, that's just to surrender something. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the joy comes. It's like, right. oh, good. It wasn't mine to take on anyways. Yep. Right? So or I have true. to trust God's plan or, you know, surrender the, the, uh, the concern I might have. Right. Right. Um, we have a couple minutes left. Do you have a favorite memory from Christmas? Maybe oh, when you were a kid or even well, a teenager or you anything? know, one of the memories, it was, it was uh, happened every year. It was always quite mysterious how it was <laughs> that all five of us boys, regardless of how little we are, uh, and maybe when we were babies, it was different. But we all had to go out into the barn and make sure that we helped get the chores done as quickly as possible uh, before Santa would come. Okay. Right? And because we never knew when he was going to come. Well, by golly, every single year, guess what happened? <laughs> So that's the memory that sticks in my mind that we'd come in and we'd have to run to the Christmas tree very quick. Oh my gosh, it's lit up and there's presents. And It's probably the uh, one time you were happy to go do chores, huh? Well, it was one of the time we couldn't <laughs> wait to get the chores done. Well, there was more than one time I was ready to get the chores done, I must say. So it's a great memory. That's good. Um, what does the bishop do during Christmas besides, say, celebrate Mass. I, mean, yeah. I, I wondered that you don't sit over there in that house by yourself, right? Well, that's a good question. You know, I please I, tell me no. <laughs> I, well, I love time with the Lord. Okay, that's something He's blessed me with. So, uh, you know, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm pretty new at all this, right. right? It depends on weather. There's lots of factors, but no, I will be certainly celebrating Mass. You know, the good people of God have been very. Hey, you know, if you need a place, whatever, good. stop on over. So there's there's so many you can make opportunities. Your choices. <laughs> Usually the goal would be to get home uh, on Christmas Day yeah. to spend a little time with my family. Uh, so if God provides that option, I will yeah. have that. If not, it means he has a, even a better plan yeah. and I have other t- opportunities to go home and visit my family. Yeah. yeah. I hope you'll get to go home because I know um, your family probably misses you. When was the last time you were home? Well, not, not very my, long ago. Not my brothers. Oh. I can assure you of that. No, no, no. <laughs> they, they do don't. not miss you? No. We tease each other all the time. Of course, I miss them, and I, I, I would suspect the same. There, there's five of you total, right? Five boys. Okay. And I can't remember. Are they all around the house? They're all around Fairbowl. Yeah. Yep. So they'll be there if you go. Uh, they'll be there if I go. Good. Basically. Good. I hope yep. you get to. All right. Um, before we go, Bishop, will you give us a blessing? I don't know Absolutely. if you want to do an Advent or Christmas blessing or how you want to do it. But... How about both? Okay. That'd be great. In the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, having just reflected upon the gift of Nazareth and all your great desires for us and your perfect plan for our lives as you did for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we pray that in the remainder of this Advent season, our hearts might be open to get ready to prepare for your coming by a deep pondering like Mary did deeply within her heart, the beautiful mystery of the incarnation, so far beyond our own comprehension, but spiritually how we can see the manifestation of your love. And as we prepare for that and as we receive Christ this Christmas in our hearts, we pray that we might be filled with the delight that comes in that beautiful gift of spiritual joy when you yourself are alive within our hearts, when we become vibrant and life-giving because it's your life in and through us. And so I ask your grace and blessing upon all of our listeners and all the good folks in our diocese and beyond. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Thanks for coming in and spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. uh, Next week, we will have Father Christopher Cowles here to talk about um, keeping the faith with college students. Uh, They'll be home over Christmas. So we'll talk about that a little bit and see how they're doing down in the Newman Center in Vermilion. Uh, That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. 